The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees, they were watching him. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they were silent. Then he took him and healed him and let him go. And he said to them, Which of you, having an ass or an ox that has fallen into a well, will not immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day? And they could not reply to this. The Gospel of the Lord. So today in the Gospel we have another one of the scenes where we see the tragedy of a hardened heart, a heart that will not open um, to suffering or to need. And so what the Lord does here is he is at, yet again, one of the houses of the Pharisees, and he is there again at their invitation. And again, we can see that he steps into a trap. Every time he goes, they've always have these ulterior motives behind their invitation for Christ. It is never charity. It is instead an attempt to try and be with him longer, not so that they might learn from him, but that they might catch him in something he might say or do. And so they particularly look upon the Sabbath days for any way in which he might break the Sabbath. So at the moment, they're looking for a reason strong enough that they can present to the multitudes so that they can arrest Jesus and that they can kill him. And the area where he is now, so he's left Jerusalem, he's left the temple, and he's gone back to the other side of the Jordan, which was and is a, an area in this moment of the life of Christ where the multitudes generally have responded very well to Jesus. They love him, they're following him. And that is also a reason why we can see here the Pharisees are becoming more and more cautious with what they say, so that in this scene, they don't say anything. Um, and the Lord is trying to draw the truth out of them. He's trying to draw a type of conversion of heart that would just open itself to the truth. But instead, they are not open to the truth that comes from him, but are still attempting to try to catch him. And so they are watching him. That's what they're doing here. It says specifically they are watching him. They're not listening to him. They're not receiving his truth. They're just watching. They're like these predators waiting for their prey to make a false move. And so behold, there is a man who had dropsy, who is now standing before the Lord. And one of the church fathers says, even this man knows the intentions of the Pharisees because he does not dare to ask the Lord to heal him, but in a certain way, he just simply presents himself for Je before Jesus. And to be before Jesus is a request for healing. Just to stand in the presence of the Lord Jesus is to request healing from him, because he knows, as one of the church fathers says, that when the merciful eyes of Jesus will find him, that healing will follow shortly, shortly after that. And that should be a great comfort for us as well when we come and we sit before the Lord himself here in Eucharistic adoration. Simply to be in his presence is to request healing. 
simply to be there with him is to allow him to look upon us, to look into us, and to see all of the different ways in which we need healed, not just physically, but most especially spiritually, the ways in which our heart needs to be transformed, our mind needs to be given more over to him, and our soul needs to be filled ever more intensely with his love. And just by sitting in the presence or kneeling in his presence, the Lord looks upon us, and his merciful gaze rests upon us, and his healing will follow shortly after that. And so this man is standing before the Lord there, and Jesus, as the compassionate uh, shepherd, as this merciful physician, looks upon him, but he also looks and he can see the sickness of heart that is in the Pharisees. So he doesn't only see this man with dropsy, he also sees this sin and wickedness and malice that is working in the hearts of the Pharisees. And so he wants to heal that as well. And so he turns to the Pharisees and the lawyers and he says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Simplifying the issue down to its fundamental question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? How can it be lawful to restrict good actions on the Sabbath is what the Lord is saying. And so they are silent, and so he heals the man, and it's very beautiful. It says, he took him, he healed him, and let him go. It's almost like being trapped by Jesus or caught by him in this very powerful movement. The Lord takes him, heals him, and lets him go. I think that sentence is very beautiful. It illustrates in one sentence what happens to us when the Lord catches us, when the Lord comes and finds us and takes us to himself and restores us and heals us through the grace of baptism and through the sacraments. And then he, let us, he lets us go in a certain sense, leaves us free. But in the Greek, it also says he sent him. And so that is also what we are supposed to do, is to be caught by Christ, to take, be taken by him, to be healed by him, and then to be sent, to be sent as these ministers of healing and mercy to draw other souls to Jesus Christ so that they also might be taken up by him, healed by him, and then sent so that they can do the same. And so after he heals this man, he then turns back to the Pharisees and the scribes, and he says, which of you, having one of your animals, if they had fallen into a well, would not immediately take them out on the Sabbath? And so what he is showing is that they have compassion on animals, but absolutely no compassion on their brothers and sisters, right? So they care more for their own property than they do for the sake and the suffering of the brothers and sisters that are around them. And so St. Augustine points out, and I thought it was St. Augustine and St. Gregory, they have these thoughts which are, are very beautiful. Um, the one of them, which is that St. Augustine says, the man with dropsy represents physically what is happening with the Pharisees. Because what dropsy is, it was the accumulation of fluid or excess water in the body around the soft tissues. And so what they noticed in that time and what St. Augustine points out is that even though there would be an accumulation of fluid and water, the person would still become increasingly thirsty. And so he says that that represents the spiritual uh, vice of covetousness, where the person cannot accumulate enough. And the more that they accumulate, they still desire even more. And so that seems to be what's happening in the Pharisees, which is that they are suffering from this covetousness they care for their own possessions, but not for the responsibility that they have over their brothers and sisters. And so St. Gregory says the same thing, is that exteriorly what is happening in the man who is suffering is interiorly happening with the Pharisees. And so for us, what can we take from this gospel? 
where we can take those many things, that confidence that we can have when we come before the Lord, that if he sees us and sees our need, his mercy will pour out upon us. But also is that we should have, like what we see in St. Paul in the first reading, this passionate love for other souls, even that he goes to the extreme languages of what he would suffer for the sake of the salvation of souls, as opposed to what we see in the gospel, those who will not suffer anything to alleviate the suffering of others, but will do anything for the accumulation and for the protection of their own wealth. We need to be more like St. Paul than what we see in the gospel, to love others, to be caught by Christ, healed by him, and then sent to go and bring others to the merciful Savior. Amen.